A very warm welcome to the latest episode of My Middle East, Embrace the Middle East's very own podcast series. I'm Tim Livesey, CEO of Embrace the Middle East, the UK development charity, and I'm hosting this series. Through conversations with people who really know and understand the Middle East, we want to get behind the headlines to explore the real challenges and the everyday realities of life in this complex, beautiful, and sometimes troubled part of the world. And uh, I'm absolutely delighted today that I have two guests on my Middle East podcast, which is the first for us. So a, a really very, very warm welcome to Hedva Himov and to Hiba Alati. Um, I'll leave it to, to you to decide who's the first to go. But I, I wondered if you could just briefly give us a sense of who you are, your background and, you know, your personal journey, because I know that you're both involved in reconciliation work. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But what, what brought you to, to that kind of work? My name is Hiba. I'm 28 years old uh, and I'm Palestinian Christian. Uh, I've grown up here in Bethlehem. My educational background is business administration. And in 2020, I got my master's in uh, uh, international cooperation and development. I was working in the Christmas Lutheran Church in Bethlehem for five years. Oh. And yeah, and this year's uh, I've been hired uh, as a project manager for women's group. So I'm working alongside Hedva. Um, I started in February, but I got involved in Musalaha in 2020 um, by a young adults Muslim Christian uh, program. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Wonderful. So because some of our listeners will will know a little bit about the Christmas church. So just say this is Munta Isaac, isn't it? Just tell us a little bit about exactly. your church. So I'm Lutheran. And uh, when I graduated in uh, 2016, I started my work there. So it was Miti Rahib, who was the pastor mm -hmm. there. And then Munder took uh, the role there. He's the pastor till now. Yeah, so I've worked as administrative uh, officer and coordinator, like for church events and for helping uh, Reverend Munder in uh, all uh, church um, administrative work. Based in Bethlehem, it's one of the Lutheran church in the West Bank and uh, in Jordan as well. Yeah, and uh, Munder also is one of the board members in Musalaha. So he encouraged me to apply to this job uh, because he knew that I was looking for another job after uh, getting my master's. Yeah, so he, he encouraged me to, to apply and to take this um, step. Well, he, Hiba, he's actually also a, um, a, a trustee of Embrace the Middle East, so he gets around. Anyway, before we turn to Hedford, just very briefly, Hiba, where did you go to school? Tell, tell us a little bit about your education. Was it in Bethlehem? So uh, my parents uh, were teachers in the Lutheran school in Bethlehem and in Beit Sahur. So I've grown up also in the Lutheran school in Beit Sahur. So my whole journey was there. <laughs> so I graduated uh, as like for a, from the high school there, from there. And then I studied in Bethlehem University. So it's all was in, all was in Bethlehem, <laughs> my education journey. One of the special things about this particular podcast is that we're talking to two people who work together, but who have very different backgrounds. So Hedva, tell us a little bit about Hedva. Well, my name is Hedva. I was born in New York, born to a Jewish family that were secular, not Orthodox. There was no discussion of God or prayers in our family, 
uh, when we would have Hanukkah or Passover, it was just a family dinner. So my background was completely void of anything uh, really spiritual. After uh, I had been in the uh, American army, I had some difficult relationships and I found myself at a loss to run my life well. Uh, emotionally, I couldn't handle it. So I don't know why, but for some reason I cried out, God, if you're there, I need you, while I was crying on my bed. And uh, two weeks later, a lady came to work in my job, seemed like light was coming from her face. And so I asked if I could go to church with her. I felt that that's what I was missing. And I went to church with her. I immediately became a, a believer. And so I'm now a Messianic Jew for about 40 years now. I went to a Messianic congregation. It's a Jewish tradition, but they believe in Jesus. There I heard uh, mostly about fulfilling the prophecy of Jews coming back to live in Israel. Uh, so being very unaware of any other narratives at all, I packed my little bags, uh, not being aware of the country I was even coming to, and I came to live in Israel. I've been here now 29 years. Uh, I came, I started to learn Hebrew. And as I climatized and started to look around, I realized that there were other people in the country who did not dress the same as me. Their kids didn't go to the same school as I do. They didn't speak the same language all the time. And there was just nowhere to connect. And so a friend invited me to Musalaha Women's Conference. And that was my first time meeting Palestinians. I wanted to hear more about how they were living and uh, how life goes for them here in the Middle East. Once I understood the injustice and the lack of equality uh, between a the people in this area just because of their ethnicity, it was something that was unacceptable to me. And so after many years of being a participant in Musalaha, I applied also for a job here. And I've been working Musalaha for 11 years uh, on the women's programs. Wow, that's an incredible story, Hedva. And um, before we come to Musalaha, could you just say a little bit about where you live? So uh, this morning I left my home at six o'clock to come to work in the office in Jerusalem. I got in about 930. Uh, I live in the Golan Heights. Uh, my husband and I looked for a house to buy uh, when we were young and starting out. And he and I are both immigrants to Israel. So when the realtor took us to see the house, uh, we have a, a lovely little, you know, three bedroom house with a little bit of a yard. And we said, oh, this this works out fine for us. And we signed the papers. And then I found out that it was in the Golan Heights. So I live in the Golan Heights. You could call me a settler. You could call me uh, a Syrian refugee. Yeah. I live on Syrian, Syrian land. Mm. It just goes to show you, you can't put somebody in a box. Hedva, does it always take three and a half hours to get to Jerusalem from, from where you live? Wow. It's a long day. Yes, I drove down this morning. I'll spend the night in Jerusalem. I'll work again tomorrow and then I'll go home and the rest of my work I'll do by uh, internet, you know. 
Yeah. Heba and I uh, are very grateful for Zoom and Teams and uh, any <laughs> other phone calls that we can make between <laughs> us. So thank you so much, both of you. So we have two people from very different backgrounds working for the same organization, living in different parts, uh, very close geographically. But, um, it, you know, let's let's put it this way, as we know, not within touching distance. So let's talk about Musalaha. So tell us about Musala, about the work, about anything that you feel you want the listeners to know about the work that Musalaha does particularly touches you. So let's start with Hiba. It's a faith-based organization and not a political one as others may see because it has mixed group between like uh, Israeli-Palestinians and Muslim and Christians. So for others, they like they may see it as a political one. Uh, because it's focused on like uh, how to resolve conflicts, how to process reconciliation and so on. Because Musalaha runs two different projects among uh, among us women, uh, cross-border Israeli-Palestinian and Palestinian Muslim Christian pro- uh, programs. To be hired in this position, especially with women, encouraged me to speak as a Palestinian woman uh, living in uh, country full of violence, unfortunately, and to share what I feel towards the others, either Jews or even Muslims. And I can't deny this was and still a challenge for me in my career and in my personal life as well. And and Hiba, could you unpack that, that last bit a little bit? What is the challenge in particular? What aspects of it are particularly challenging for you? When I joined in the Muslim Christian young adults group, like it wasn't that big challenge for me because I used to have like classmates, uh, Muslim classmates in my school and in university and in my career work now, I know uh, Muslims also. So it wasn't like a big challenge for me uh, as it does for uh, meeting Israelis, for example, for my for the first time in my life. Uh, so when I I um, see the the job vacancy uh, by Musalaha, I was hesitant to apply because it's it includes uh, like to working with with Israeli leaders and to have Israeli Palestinian project. Uh, it was challenge for me like. I was afraid about like my community, if they see me like meeting with Israelis, like how do they uh, tell me or speak because Hiba, you are now joining these programs, you're normalizing, you don't know what to do, so on. But um, the thing that supported me uh, and the good thing, the positive part that my parents encouraged me to apply to this job. Uh, My previous boss uh, encouraged me uh, because because Musalah has focused more or uh, on like uh, like faith or like religious way or religious side than political side, um, and always my father like he's always telling me like if you focus on the Old Testament in the Bible, you will see uh, Jews uh, or Jewish narrative more. You you will like be aware of what's going on around you, and why this is all happened. Um, so you always like telling me, like, look at these references, uh, you will know what to speak exactly when you are in these groups. Um, and this, like, it was a challenge and, but at the same time, it was, uh, a good step for me to be more aware of what's going on around me. Um, I was now, I, I feel like my identity became stronger. I'm not afraid of speaking out of what I feel. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So Wonderful to hear, Hiba. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you, we haven't finished, so you'll have more chance to tell us, uh, share <laughs> about what you feel. And and but it's so important to 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 feel that way that you can speak, as it were, the truth, and not be told by other people what to say. Hedva, you've been working with Masalaha much longer. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about how the program works. Well, as Hiba was saying, uh, Musalaha is a faith-based organization. And so when we recruit people, no matter what their background is, it's important that they understand why we do what we do, what is our motivation. And we believe that God has sent us as ambassadors to reconciliation, as it says in Corinthians. And so we want to celebrate each person uh, as being made in the likeness of God and deserving of honor and respect. And so we will invite Muslims, Christians, uh, Jewish, uh, Orthodox, not Orthodox, uh, whoever is interested and open to hearing another perspective. Um, that is the requirement. That is the only requirement. As long as you can respect the person in front of you and you're open to hearing what they have to say, we are happy to have you to join. So um, normally we will take a group. Uh, Hibe and I will take a group of 15 Israeli and 15 Palestinian. The first meeting will be uh, in a, a neutral place in the desert uh, for several reasons. One is because we all have the same power. We are all equal uh, in the desert. You need water, you need shade, you need help up on a camel. Um, <laughs> and so it tears down the, the, the obstacles that we've built up around us or that our society has told us should be built between us. And we are just together. We're just women in the, in the desert. The other reason that we do it in a neutral country is that no group has more power than the other. So if we were to meet in Israel, the Palestinians would have to come through the checkpoint. And then the Israelis have more power because they're in charge of the, the ground there. If we met in Palestine or somewhere like that, then the Palestinians would have more power, perhaps. Um, so meeting for the first time in a neutral place and in the desert really breaks down a lot of the obstacles between us. We'll then have discussions. So does that mean you meet, is the desert in Jordan? Yes. During COVID, we had one year that we couldn't go to Jordan because the borders were closed. Uh, so we did find a place in the uh, Judean desert in the south of Israel. It's not our choice. It was only because we couldn't go across borders. Yeah. So it's always in Wadi Ram in Jordan. It's a beautiful place. We spend time thinking about or talking about listening, how to express ourselves with language so that the other person is able to hear us and is not triggered by some of the words that we might use, uh, but still getting the meaning across. So we have discussions about how to do that. We have discussions about conflict. Why do people enter into conflict? Identity. We talk about power. 
and we talk about the Israeli and the Palestinian narrative. And one of the one of the ways we speak about the narrative when we finally get to that situation, when we're finally built trust and we um, we can speak to each other uh, very very calmly and very openly, um, an Israeli might present the general Israeli narrative, but also give five reasons and five facts that are absolutely untrue, but everyone believes them. Mm. And then the Palestinian will present the Palestinian narrative, but there will be five facts that I can prove to you are untrue, but everybody believes them. And so then we move on and we try to write a joint narrative. How can we start from here on out and live together? And what does that look like? Amazing. It's very humbling to listen to. I, I, I wish I weren't a man and I could join you. Um, it just let me, may I, may I ask, I mean, is there something about being a woman, do you think, that makes this easier or is it just different do you have group male groups doing the same thing is there a difference between the male and the female when it comes to finding this ability this this possibility of speaking in a way that doesn't uh, uh, that, that, that that takes you away from conflict rather than embeds you in conflict uh, for me i do agree that woman empowerment is a key component uh, for the success of uh, reconciliation, either between like Palestinian and Israelis and between Muslims and Christians, Palestinians. So Musalaha believes that placing women in leadership roles and increasing their involvement, involvement in decision making a process, we can create like a fair gender uh, inclusive. And I think women can have a big impact uh, on, on their families, on their friends, on their kids also, and uh, in their careers. So, yeah, it's all about like women empowerment and about like uh, how to to uh, help in the process of uh, reconciliation. Hedva, do you want to say anything on that point? I think it was 15 years ago or so, uh, UN Resolution 1325 was passed that says that uh, women suffer differently in a conflict than men. And so any, uh, their research proves that uh, when there is peace negotiations that include women, they are 33% more successful over time. And because, uh, because of our um, society, both in Israel and in Palestine, there's a tendency toward patriarchy. Mm -hmm. uh, we believe that it's very important for women to have a place, a seat at the table. And we actually would, um, we are doing our best to work on a movement from the ground up, a ground roots, a grassroots movement. Um, because we don't, we don't have so much faith in our politicians anymore. Uh, they have their own agenda. They have their own power. Money normally goes to the military uh, in most countries. And um, if we want to make a change, we're going to have to show them that the votes are with us. And if they want to keep their power, they better listen to what we have to say. 
I'd say amen, but but we have to we have a little bit more time. So I'll say my amen to the end. Thank you, Hedva, and and that takes us uh, neatly into to where I like to to go next. Um, I'm conscious that it's been a really difficult year, actually for everybody. But I'm I'm thinking particularly in terms of Israel and Palestine, and and there has been uh, sadly an uh, uh, increase in violence. As we go into the new year. What are your hopes? And and indeed, you know, if you have fears, what are your fears? And Hiba, I wonder to help the listener, if you could, when you answer this question, if you could also say something about what normalization means, because this is a word that you mentioned, which will mean something to some people, but some people may not quite understand why normalization might be one of the issues that you have to grapple with. Should we start with you, Hiba? So when people hear that I'm going to meet Israelis, for example, they will think that I'm going to be friends with them or like best friends or like to make relationships with them and so on and to accept the occupation and to accept that they are occupying us. So they will not uh, think of the other side that, no, I'm going to speak as Palestinian. I'm going to reflect my own identity. I'm going to to let them aware of uh, what Palestinians are suffering from and what Palestinians how they, how do they live, especially here in the West Bank? And if you look at the map, there is Gaza, there is West Bank, there is Israel, there is uh, mm. like, it's like divided into many uh, pieces of uh, geographical uh, locations. My point, uh, when I joined uh, Musalaha and when I uh, took this position, my point is to speak. And my point is to let them be aware of who I am. Who's Hiba? What, what she's doing there? It's not about like only leadership and not about like leading them and, but, and it's all about to let them aware. Yeah. Because unfortunately, many people, not only Israelis, but many people, uh, outside the country, uh, they are not aware of what's going on here. So when they ask us, we say, come and see what's going on. When I joined this group, uh, when I was reading the group also, uh, I realized that many Israelis are uh, like with Palestinians and feeling with uh, how Palestinians do suffer. And this makes me happy and this gives me hope, uh, especially when I'm working with with Khedva. I'm always honest with her about what my feelings are. And that's give me hopes. Uh, this can make me uh, satisfied uh, in my work. And I can, I, I always found support from her, uh, especially also in leading Muslim Christian group, not only Israeli Palestinian. Let's look on the positive side rather than the <laughs> negative side. And also, I was leading uh, Zababde group. Zababde is this small city nearby Jenin. And you know, like Jenin is now the main point of what's going uh, there about mm. the violence there. And I had many challenges in leading this group. So I was like a supervisor. And there was a leader from Zababde who recruited the people there and coordinated all things. So, for example, in my first meeting, I couldn't be there because uh, if you know about the journalist, Shirin Abu Akhle, she was killed mm. by uh, uh, Israeli uh, defense forces. It's, it's a challenge, for example. It's an obstacle for me uh, to go there and to, to uh, let Israelis uh, aware of, of this story, for example. Yeah, it's like I faced many challenges going there and many te teachers also were afraid to go there because of the violence there. So it's not easy at the same time. Thank you, Hiba. Hedva. Um, I will add to what Hiba just shared with you 
this Israeli-Palestinian group that we had this year, and they met together for one year's time. Uh, after we went to the desert in March, as soon as we came back, three days after we came back from the desert, uh, one of the women in Janine, her son was killed by the Israeli uh, Defense Forces. He, he was shot in Janine. Um, Hiba and I had quite uh, a long discussion, and it was very challenging to keep the group together and what our response would be. But this kind of uh, loss is not just for the mother of, of the young man who was killed. It was a loss for all of us in the group. It was a loss mm. for all of us who knew what was going on. And, and, you know, we want to stop these losses. We're going to do everything we can to see about getting this finished in our lifetime. Uh, one of the things this group decided to do is they have produced now a photo exhibit. And we have taken pictures of what reconciliation means to us. And these photos will be uh, exhibited January 15th in Beit Sahur at our new offices. And then there will be um, a month-long exhibit at the Jaffa Theater in Israel. So um, we're hoping that the people that will see these will be emotionally moved to take a stand. Thank you. Thank you, Hedva. Thank you, Hiba. I might be in Betsuhur uh, in February, um, and if I am, I, I I can't wait to see that that exhi that exhibit. It sounds wonderful, um, and the work you do is wonderful, and the way you speak about the work you do is wonderful. It's inspiring, and it's very hopeful. And I want to thank you so much for sharing your hope, which is a real hope. It's not a pretend hope. It's a real hope, uh, and and all that you do to sustain that hope for yourselves, but um, for, for all those you work with um, and, and embrace too, because it's, it's infectious. So thank you so, so much, Hiba and Hedva for joining me this morning to talk about your Middle East. I'm so grateful. Thanks to you, Tim. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the My Middle East podcast. To find the show notes as well as other episodes in the series, please go to the podcast section of our website, embraceme.org. And please consider taking a few moments to leave a review or to share the podcast link with a friend. Watch this space for upcoming episodes.